So what more do we know about the former president's appeal? Uh, tonight, they're attacking the Secretary of State of Maine, Shanna Bello. She is a Democrat, but the process in Maine is that the first stop for any questions about whether someone is eligible to appear on the ballot, go to the Secretary of State. Now, in their appeal tonight, they argue that she was, quote, a biased decision maker who should have recused herself, had no legal authority, made multiple errors of law, and acted in an arbitrary and capricious manner. Anderson, her decision was based on Section 3 of the 14th Amendment of the United States Constitution. Now, this part of the Constitution and who should enforce it, well, these questions have been litigated now across multiple states. And Colorado and Maine opted to remove Trump from the ballot, but the other states, largely on procedural grounds without getting into the merits, have kept him on the ballot. But they've also left open the possibility that this could be litigated through the general election. So, Anderson, unless the Supreme Court really steps in here and provides some guidance to the states on the meaning of this section, this is an issue that could hang over the entire 2024 race. When do we expect the, Trump to file his appeal in the, in the Colorado case? Well, Anderson, I've been on the phone uh, for a large part of the day trying to get an answer to that very question. Uh, what I can tell you is it's been two weeks since Colorado's Supreme Court removed Trump from the ballot. And in that decision, they gave a deadline of January 4th for an appeal to be filed. They said, look, if someone files an appeal here, then this will be stayed. He'll appear on the primary ballot until the Supreme Court weighs in. Now, Trump has not filed his appeal, but the Republican Party of Colorado has filed an appeal, and that has been recognized as staying the case. It's expected that he will appear on the primary ballot. He is also expected to file his own appeal in that case, but it's unclear when. Now, again, two weeks have passed by. That's a lot of time because while many people do expect the Supreme Court will weigh in here, Anderson is not clear how quickly they will do that. And there is pressure building for them to give some clarity, at least, before Super Tuesday. And Paula Reed, thanks very much. Joining us now is Maine Secretary of State Shanna Bellows. So, Secretary Bellows, what is your response to this appeal from the Trump team, particularly the accusation of bias against you? Well, good evening. First and foremost, people need to understand that this is the appropriate process is for Mr. Trump to file appeal in Superior Court. This process was initiated when five registered Maine voters brought a challenge to Mr. Trump's qualifications after we had approved his signatures for the ballot. Under Maine law, those challengers were entitled, as was Mr. Trump, to a hearing, an administrative hearing over which I was obligated under the law to preside and issue a decision in a very tight timeline. Now the next step is Superior Court, which Mr. Trump has filed with tonight. Now, with regards to the accusations of bias, I think it's really important to know my sole obligation is the oath I swore to uphold the Constitution and to follow Maine election laws. I was duty bound by Maine election laws, which required this process of holding a hearing and issuing a decision to ensure that every candidate on the primary ballot meets the qualifications of the office they seek. I did my duty. Now it goes to the court. That's why I stayed, suspended the effect of my decision pending court appeal. And I will uphold whatever the courts determine is appropriate. So their claim that, that you had no authority under any main statute to consider the federal constitutional issues presented by the challengers in this case, you say is simply not true. Exactly. Article 1 of the Constitution delegates to the state authority to administer elections, and state legislatures may delegate that authority to the Secretary of State, which the Maine legislature has done under Title 21A for the legal geeks at home. And 
under that process, I am prohibited, whether it's placing an 18-year-old on the ballot or a non-citizen on the ballot or someone who's served two terms like Barack Obama or George W. Bush or someone who does not meet the constitutional qualifications of the office. And Section 3 of the 14th Amendment is not an option. Constitutional qualifications are not a menu. It's, I was duty-bound to hold that hearing and issue a decision, and now the right. courts will determine. The former president, though, is saying that he always, he's also taking issue with the process, claiming he was not given adequate time and opportunity to present a defense. That is not correct. So this is very clear in my 34-page opinion, which is on the Maine Secretary of State website for those who may wish to read. So this hearing followed the process under Maine law, the Administrative Procedure Act, which mandates, and I quote, that all parties present be able to present evidence and arguments on all issues and at the hearing to call and examine witnesses, to make oral cross-examination of any person present and testifying. Mr. Trump was afforded those opportunities at the hearing. So how quickly do you think this would make its way through Maine's court system? And, and would you be opposed to the U.S. Supreme Court intervening sooner rather than later? We would welcome the U.S. Supreme Court making a ruling. Uh, I will uphold whatever the courts determine and acting quickly to resolve this, I think is in the best interest. That being said, our process in Maine is it goes to Superior Court. Mr. Trump has filed that appeal tonight. The Superior Court, uh, under statute, must rule by January 17th. And then it can go to the Maine Supreme Judicial Court and to, then to the U.S. Supreme Court. We're on a very compressed timeline. And that was part of the requirements under statute. I was required, once the challengers filed that challenge, within five days of uh, certifying the signatures, they had to file that challenge within five days. I had to hold that hearing within five days and issue a decision within a week of the conclusion of the hearing proceedings. Madam Secretary, I appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you. With us now is CNN contributor, former Nixon White House counsel John Dean, also former federal prosecutor Jessica Roth. She's currently teaching at uh, Cardoza School of Law here in, in New York. Um, do you buy what she says legally? I thought the way that she laid out what her responsibility is and authority is under Maine's law uh, was very persuasive. And I read her opinion, uh, it's a lengthy, thorough opinion, which is also quite persuasive on what the authority is that's delegated to her um, under Maine law to make decisions about who actually is qualified to be on the ballot once there has been a challenge lodged, mm -hmm. as there was here. And so what she has said is she is required to determine whether somebody, in fact, is qualified, and that includes the requirements under, or the disqualifications under Section 3 of the 14th Amendment. So she did hold the hearing that was provided by Maine law. As she sets forth in her opinion, as she repeated tonight, she provided the process that that statute required to the former president and to the other side uh, during that. And uh, th there's no suggestion of what in particular he was deprived of the opportunity to present by way of evidence or argument. Mm -hmm. She gave him every opportunity, including to supplement at the end of the hearing. Hearing. So I haven't seen anything persuasive from the Trump side about how he was deprived of the opportunity to present specific evidence or arguments before her. The larger question that looms here, as in Colorado and in the, all the other states, is under the U.S. Constitution, do states, whether it's delegated to the Secretary of State as in Maine or to state courts, have the authority to make these determinations under their state law of who's qualified or not? Those are questions that the U.S. Supreme Court is going to have to decide. And, John, I mean, do you believe the, the former president's argument that the Maine Secretary of State doesn't have that legal authority? 
It's it's not clear at all that she does not have that authority. In fact, under the main uh, law, it's clear she does, as the professor pointed out. Uh, and Trump really is just throwing everything he has against the wall to see if anything will stick. Uh, it's that kind of very brief, very broad uh, uh, attack on her decision making. So I, I don't really expect it to go very far. Uh, Superior Court's a middle level court. It'll probably go to the Supreme Court of Maine. Uh, to resolve some of the issues if the U.S. Supreme Court doesn't intervene first. I mean, Section 3 of the 14th Amendment, I mean, the sticking point of this is it does not specifically mention the president as, as one of the, uh, the, 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 the officers prohibited from seeking office. Yes, and that's one of the reasons why the trial-level court in Colorado found that Trump was not disqualified. Right. Um, the Colorado Supreme Court disagreed with that. I mean, do, do you... Where do you stand on this? Because, I mean, the argument is, well, you know, they mention all these other people who can't. It would seem that the president would be somebody who couldn't do it, but it doesn't specifically there's say very so. very persuasive argument that actually the presidency is covered. And there's actually two parts of the Section 3 um, that, that are implicated here in terms of the person who takes the oath as the president, whether that qualifies as an office covered by Section 3, and also the office of presidency in terms of what you can then be elected to. I'm persuaded by the arguments that presidency is encompassed within that section. But, of course, there's so many other legal questions involved as well, including what is the definition of insurrection for purposes of Section 3? Did Trump, as a factual matter and a legal matter, engage in insurrection, however that is defined? And then also this question of do states and the state courts, the secretary of state, have the authority to make those determinations? Or is that something that only, let's say, federal courts can decide after a conviction for insurrection mm -hmm. and pursue it to legislation enacted by Congress? These are all open, novel legal questions. And as the secretary of state said, the U.S. Supreme Court really needs to settle those. But in the meantime, the decision makers who are authorized by their state's laws to make these decisions have to act. They have to make those decisions in the interim. John, I'm sure you saw the ghost of U.S. v. Nixon hovering over the question of whether Trump has immunity for basically anything he did while president. How do you expect that this particular Supreme Court would rule on that? This, I don't think this Supreme Court wants to face that issue, frankly, uh, and they might try to avoid it. I, I, I see no basis for the kind of immunity that Trump is calling for. It would be unprecedented. It would be contrary to the rule of law. It would uh, define, redefine the American presidency, and it would have made Nixon uh, an innocent man. So I just don't think it's going to go anywhere. It's an overbroad attack on, on uh, the rule of law. So my feeling is this Supreme Court is not going to buy it. Do you think so, Jessica? I think that on the law, on the merits, that the Supreme Court should rule against Trump's claim of presidential immunity from criminal prosecution. Mm -hmm. In terms of a prediction of whether this court will rule that, I'm less comfortable saying that that is actually how they will come out. Do you think they will take it up? Yes, I think they will take it up. All right. All right. Jessica, thank you so much.